episode 37. This is episode 37. Kind of crazy couch. to think about. It yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> it is pretty nuts to think about. Yeah, And it's all been this year also. I mean, we've been doing yeah. it more or less weekly, but we just started doing this, what, like in after we saw Annihilation in like January or February or something like that? Yeah. Let's see. There should be a date on like this. Yeah. When I did this, uh, what do you call it? Let's see here. Your file I'm, names. I'm, I'm going through. March. Yeah. Early March. Yeah. I think one of the great things that uh, about doing this podcast is, you know, in the beginning when we were when we were talking about when we first started doing this, you know, it, it was very much about, you know, uh, making sure we had a trailer, you know, reviewing a trailer. And then in the last a last like couple months or so, you know, well, there's we've gone and seen a movie at Music Box or somewhere or we've watched something on Netflix that's, you know, big in like the film world. And we just want to talk about that. Yeah. And then so we just dedicate uh, like a whole episode, you know, to that. Like we did it with the last episode with House That Jack Built. Yeah. Because you saw that at Music Box uh, two weeks ago now. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Rub one out. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) Dorian did. (laughs) (laughs) Continues to. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, but that's what's really exciting about it. So today we're going to do that because Dorian and I saw uh, Roma last night Roma. or uh yesterday afternoon yes we did uh yeah. it's the alfonso one o'clock show one o'clock the, show the uh the geriatric crowd yes <laughs> <laughs> yes um i think i might have been the only mexican in the uh oh guaranteed maybe yeah, yeah. oh yeah, for yeah, sure much, no yeah. that, the theater we saw it at the landmark century cinema in chicago here um is it's a, a like a, a pretty nicely appointed art house theater yes and it's in like a, a really nice part of town as well mm-hmm. so it gets a lot of like you know sort of like old rich people you know yes. crowd for <laughs> lack of a better term so it's like it's just fun. every time you know all these like great like oscar contenders and like foreign and art films play there and it's a really great theater and they've done a lot to like renovate it and make it more mm-hmm. of like you know the experience people want now just and you know without being douchey about it the bar experience yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) it's you know it's cool they did a good job with it um but uh but anyway yeah no every time we go there though it's just funny because it's always like you know who is going to be the youngest person in the theater aside from like whoever (laughs) we're going with and it's always there's like a 40-year gap yes there is yes they're like "Ah, that guy might be in his 60s i don't know you know (laughs) Um, but then it was funny because one uh, that was the one theater in Chicago where the Raid Two played. That's right. I remember um, you saying yeah, that. Yeah, because they do. You know, again, they just they do foreign and art films. Yeah. And so you know, they'll they'll bring in stuff like that in addition to you know stuff like Roma and whatever. But um, so it was just so funny because it was the like I I walked into the theater and there were like four black dudes in there and I was just like, whoa, nice. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> And it was awesome. This dude sitting next to me. It was, you know, he was super into it. Like, yeah. And it was awesome. You know, just watching the movie was so fucking cool. It was like, you know, there were like 15 people in the theater and the whole time we're just sitting there. You could tell everyone in the theater is like, why is this theater not packed? Nice. Like this movie fucking rules. Like everybody in there was having such a good time. And like this dude sitting uh, like two, uh, two seats across from me or down from me. Um, like during the final fight scene okay. in the kitchen, yes, which is really long. Yeah, you know, he and he's like fucking losing his mind the whole time, just like oh shit, like so into it, and it like ends, and he turns and looks over at me, and he's like, "Man, I'm fucking exhausted." <laughs> <laughs> I just was laughing my ass off. So I was like, good. "Dude, it was like one of the best theater experiences." But it was just so funny because like the demographic for that theater is like, yeah, you know, very like old, rich, white people basically, yeah. you know. And then to go in and like you know seeing the raid too at that theater was like. <laughs> Okay, I guess so. Yeah, we're gonna go. Sure. And then walking in, it was like, wow, it's a bunch of like 
young, diverse people in here. <laughs> like, this is great. <laughs> I saw the first raid there. Uh, I saw it with Shira, actually. Oh, nice. We might have oh, still been yeah. in the middle of production, and we had a break. And uh, I, I don't know if you had seen it already, and you were telling me about it, but we went to, we went and saw the the first movie. The yeah, first I didn't there, catch I the first one until like it was on um, like VOD or like, oh okay, you know, all right, yeah. somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But but anyway, to your point though, that yeah, you know, it is it is rare in general to see yes. anyone who doesn't fit a very specific <laughs> mold. Yeah, <laughs> um, at that theater. So yes, yeah, so seeing Roma in particular, I was like. All right, I feel good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got one real Mexican in here. <laughs> We're legit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we saw Roma last night. This is the Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah. Uh, written and directed movie and shot by. He's yeah. also the cinematographer. And, yeah, which is crazy. It. Um, and uh, it's getting a lot of Oscar buzz. Yeah, it got some Golden Globe nominations already, mm-hmm. right? I think director, screenplay, and foreign language film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's going to get Oscars. You know, it's definitely... It's an Oscar movie. It's an Oscar yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, the interesting thing is, I don't think that there's ever been a movie like this, is that uh, this is a movie that is you can watch today on Netflix. Yes, yeah. Right? Went up, went live, yeah, today. Today. Uh, and so... Being um, the 14th. Today being the 14th, yeah. and if you're listening to this on Monday. It is already available. It is already yes. available. So um, <clears throat> if you don't want to know what we thought about the movie, stop now and turn on Netflix. Yeah, I, you know, I don't, this isn't really a movie that you can, like, spoil in a way. But, I mean, we are going yeah, to talk about the de- It's not like, it, yeah. you know, it's not like, oh, man, like, you know. When the dad turns out to be, like, <laughs> actually, you know, yeah, there's right, not, right. like, big plot twist type yeah. shit like that, you know, and that's. Um, so yeah, it's, and again, like the, you know, it's, yeah. So we'll say spoiler alert. Yeah. We're going to, we're, we're going to talk, talk about, we're going to talk about anything and everything within yeah. the movie. But again, right. it's like, it's not the type of movie that it's like, I don't think our discussion could ever really like, you know, ruin the experience for you. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so, so it's yeah. not spoilers in that sense, but has there ever been, there hasn't never been a movie kind of like this where there's a, there's a big like like Oscar movie, mm-hmm. like quotes Oscar movie that is so readily available f- to the entire world to watch. Right, yeah, you exactly. Know? And that's, you know, because that's something that's been a complaint in, you know, recent years that, you know, I guess the mainstream audiences have had with some of the Oscar stuff like Shape of Water and like Moonlight, you know, oh, winning yeah, yeah, all this yeah. stuff is that, you know, honestly, it's, you know, yes, these movies, if you're part of like the film world or you pay attention to it, of course, you've heard of this. But mm-hmm. if you're just like regular Joe right. who just goes to the theater, you know, like you've never even heard of these movies, right. you know, and like so, yes, it's great that like an indie film, you know, can make like Moonlight, which was made for like one and a half million can make like, you know, 30 million dollars to the box office or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Also, you know, comparatively, though, like 30 million at the box office versus like you know black panthers i don't know billion right (laughs) yeah exactly it's you you start to see like when you look at it that way like 30 million just on the surface by itself sounds like a shitload of money and it is Mm -hmm. but you know when you compare that slice to the slice that real mainstream movies get it's like you realize what a fraction of the audience is actually seeing these movies yeah you know um, and also there's like i mean since we live in chicago i mean i just think about like the neighborhood that i grew up in there's not you know uh, a lot of those theaters, uh, unless you go maybe into Indiana, where there is an AMC, mm-hmm. you know, and they have like a couple independent movies that are playing there, sure. uh, because it's Oscar season. You know, stuff like stuff like, for instance, like the house that Jack built. I'm sure when it if it 
had a big theatrical release, like it wouldn't go to like an AMC like in Indiana, like mm-hmm. because like Goosebumps is still doing like Gangbusters, right. and so is like a Star <laughs> Is Born, right? So the point I'm trying to make is is there's also like a there's also a limited number of theaters that will give the same amount of show times right. that a regular theater would give like Black Panther. Right. You exactly, know, so yeah. there's also that idea of like, well, I live over here and I'm not going to drive, you know, 25 miles to a theater to watch, you know, Roma or something. Yeah. Right. You like, know? yeah. Why don't we just show Mary Poppins on four screens exactly. instead of giving one to Lars von Trier. Right. Know? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. So, you know, yeah. So there's a lot of factors at play that sort of like make it, you know, a let like reduce even people's awareness of some of these films. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and ideally, you know, that's the, the flip side of this whole argument, I guess, is that like them get these movies getting this attention at the Oscars does put it in the public spotlight. You know, yes. like like right. Avengers doesn't need any help. Right. Being known. Exactly. You know, like yeah. everybody yeah. knows about that. It's pretty movie. established. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're there. So like, you know, that is the one arguably the one like you know, unimpeachably, like, good thing that can come from award shows, which mm-hmm. in general have a lot of issues, you know, that yeah, yeah, have yeah. been well discussed, but um, is that, you know, they can shed light on something that is, like, smaller and more important and maybe will really resonate with, like, some of these audiences as well, but they just don't really know about it mm-hmm. or have the opportunity to see it because, you know, the theaters aren't showing it near yeah. them. So, so for a movie like this to be on something... Uh, as ubiqui- uh, as ubiquitous as Netflix, where yeah. it's like, I mean, everybody's fucking got Netflix. Like, yeah. you know, it's it's really cool that you know. Hopefully, they push this you know through their service as much as they push a lot of their other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where it's like, just hey, you you'd really love like Cloverfield Paradox. And it's like I've never watched anything yeah. <laughs> remotely like this. Why are you telling right. me this is a ninety nine percent match? Like. Um, you know, hopefully they they shove Roma down people's throats like that too, and that really yeah. you know people are aware of it and they can watch it, and they can really experience something that's like you know very different than what's you know on offer. Yeah. In uh, you know I, most theaters. I uh, I was thinking the other day. Uh, well, we were gonna see Roma, and then now it's out, and I I thought to myself like, okay, if I was like a producer or somebody that was like allowed to be like, here's what I would do. I'd be like, best picture, first award that comes up. <laughs> I get, <laughs> I would not bury the lead at all. I'd be like, and our first award goes to best picture. Yeah. And then I don't. I feel like that would just make it a little bit more exciting. Yeah. For not the, even have an opening of, monologue. No. Like just come just out and be like, the nominees for best, best picture, picture are. <laughs> yes. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. And then um, I thought what might also be interesting is that uh, let's say like in two or three years or like within five years, like if Netflix was just like. Um, you know, we'll charge you like uh, like a hundred bunk, hundred bucks for a month. This is something that you can get in and out of, and we will have all ten best picture nominees like on Netflix for you to stream hmm. for this one month. Like, would you pay the hundred dollars to right. watch those movies? You know, in an effort to just hey, I'm going to sit at home and, and and watch them. You know, yeah. um, I don't know if I I would. I might pay it, but still might go see the movies at the theater right, as yeah. well. So, but that's just like. Well, it'd be interesting, a, yeah, as a way of like bridging that gap between like you know providing screeners, but also still generating revenue for the film, like you know right. something like that could yeah. be cool. Because like, yeah, I mean, it, it'd be awesome to make all movies that are up for you know award major awards like that available, so yeah. like people can see them. You know, right, right. Because um, yeah, no, that's that is. I hadn't even really thought about that before you mentioned it. That like Roma really has this. You know, it's this art film, but it has this like the widest possible distribution. Honestly, yeah, you yeah. know, because it's on fucking Netflix, yeah. and it's like a, you know, this is a centerpiece movie for them. Like, Correct. they really, you know, yeah. this is something they've been using as like, 
you know, basically a, uh, you know, an argument for their artistic integrity as a company, <laughs> yes, you know, right. it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yo, we fucking produced Roma, you right. know, like this is something we can hang our hat on, yeah. you know, one, what best film at Venice, yeah. um, you know, played at con to like rave mm-hmm. reviews and mm-hmm. it's been, you know, just tearing it up. So this is a real prestige piece for them. Yeah. And, uh, the fact that it is getting this kind of like, yeah, this wide of a marketing, this is probably, you know, Again, just being on the front page of Netflix is probably the most like widespread marketing that a movie yeah. like this has ever had. Yeah, because it's it, they don't need commercials for it because everybody's fucking. You go on Talking Netflix, you're it. gonna yeah. find out about yeah. it. Yeah, you know, it's like, like right top away. on like Yahoo News or yeah. whatever and, it is. You know, like, visually, it's like so just sumptuous that like yeah. you, you know they can just when the little trailers play when you open Netflix, which are oh yeah, like this is one that like no matter who you are, like you'll see any one image from this movie and just immediately be like, whoa, what what yeah. is this? <laughs> and <laughs> like, like the recent update on Netflix has like they've like enlarged their originals. Yeah, right. So like they're bigger than the thumbnail frame. Mm-hmm. They're actually they're, they're way bigger in the screen to like pop them out to you as to what yeah. their originals are. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I thought about um, I wonder if the Academy will ever like I don't know join us in the world we live in now yeah with 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 the streaming or like right. experiment with that kind of stuff because at this point like i mean you continue to lose viewers but like you got really nothing to lose yeah i, I think and in, in terms of like experimenting with different things you know with trying to get those movies out there more you know for the general pop general public to watch them yeah um but i, th- I thought about that the other day like you know if they if they came out with some sort of premium premium deal yeah you know, right. for you to see you know, these movies that, that were, you know, nominated for best picture, you know, would you, would you do it? I'd be interested for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I think I would too, you know? Um, yeah. and even like, I'm, I'm even talking like foreign stuff too, yeah. which would be great to see, you know? Um, and, and, and just really, really get it out there and just see what happens. You yeah. know, would you have more viewership for this really elongated show? Right. Um, and would that help just get, you know, basically like, you know, yeah, like, mitigate some of you know people's like frustration or boredom with the oscars because maybe now they have seen the movies that are being you know that are up for the awards and and, they're a little bit more invested in yeah they're not feeling alienated by like oh you know fucking liberal art world hollywood is like shoving it down my throat that they're so much more like cultured and elevated than me because they're like no these are the best the best ones yeah not the ones that everybody saw (laughs) you know like um um okay how you want to do it just initial reactions first uh yeah to Roma I think that's a good way to start off okay yeah well how about we just do this here's an, did you like the movie um kind of good all right <laughs> like yeah <laughs> uh-huh. I kind of liked the movie you kind of liked yeah the movie. okay I wasn't thrilled with it okay I can say that uh, yeah what about you how did you like the movie I really liked the movie yeah I liked it a lot um oh. I uh, yeah that's my my initial reaction is I liked it a lot yeah <laughs> I did. Right. I did. Very basic initial reactions here. Yeah, yes. I, I, I walked out fe- feeling very, uh, very calm and very satisfied mm-hmm. with with what I had watched. Nice, uh, technically and also you know just story wise and stuff like that. So yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I know we were. I you know we went with uh, Matt Miles yesterday yep. to go see the movie. One of the actors from Chicago Rock, right? And uh, so fine, I heard- fine example of a human being. Oh, yeah, just yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I heard you guys talking, you know, about it and stuff like that. Um, but um, what do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about? Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess we can just expound upon, do like we do, just start talking about 
you know, the movie. <laughs> Do you want to start but, first about why you, why you well, were kind of, or I guess, yeah, okay. and I'll, I'll keep it kind of brief. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, and, and it, it bears mentioning that like, yeah, this is, it's, I would never, ever, ever like accuse this of being a bad movie. Okay. It's, it's not, right. It's not a bad movie by right. any stretch. I, my problem was I found it to be boring. Okay. Um, and I don't mean, and it is slow and like, I'm fine, but I'm fine with slow. Like I, you know, we've talked about my love of Tarkovsky many a times and he is probably the slowest filmmaker that has ever lived. Um, and I love his shit. So like slow is fine, but like boring is a different story. Okay. And I, I was, unfortunately I found myself many times over the course of watching Roma, like very bored. Okay. Um, where I just, you know, like, cause uh, what I, what I loved about the movie was the cinematography, of course, like, mm-hmm. you know, just his visual construction of his world and, you know, his memory of this world mm-hmm. and like just what he was presenting here is like impeccable. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, his, yeah, with this like large format camera he was using, um, like his ability to just, you know, sculpt a canvas that is that large and yeah. utilize every part of that image like you know there's shit happening that's like a mile off in the distance in like some of these shots you yeah. know it's like it's so cool like he really just uses all of it like the full depth of the image mm-hmm. um you know even when he's doing like a close-up shot you know versus like these super super tremendous like wide shots that are that are all over the movie um, and you know, so it's, you know, it's gorgeous. Every shot is like a work of art, you know, just in terms of how everything is composed and constructed and orchestrated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so what do you, you end up with a lot of like really long shots. Yes. Um, by which I mean like the, the duration of the shot is long, not mm-hmm. like the distance, although you, you kind of get both. Um, but which, you know, which is great. Cause I love that. I, I like that kind of pace a lot better generally than like a lot of like quick cutting. I mm-hmm. like more like, you know, sort of deliberately planted and utilized, you know, shots and imagery. Yeah. Makes you live and, in that image a little bit more than, yeah. you know. But that's part of, it's also part of where I started finding myself getting a little bit bored too, okay. though, was like, because we were, you know, these images, these <coughs> compositions, like, you know, every shot, like every time there was an edit and you go to another shot, it was like this whole world you had to explore. Okay. You know? And it was cool to like, you know, get into it. And then like, but I found that a lot of the shots, like as they went on and we continued to like linger on this shot, like that's where my, I'm like, okay, I've already like appreciated, uh-huh. you know, this image and, and the visual, you know, storytelling construct behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's continuing to go on and like, sure. Sometimes there are these really amazing moments of just like very unexpected or like, you know, massive scale, like orchestrations of things that just all of a sudden happen out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. When you think like, you know, oh, we're just shopping for a crib right now and then fucking riot. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like or the fire during. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. You know, things like that that are like, wow, OK, this is really, you know, amazing. You yeah. Know, just from, again, like just a, being a director and really being able right. to like just compose the entire piece. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was really impressive. But, you know, a lot of them when we just kind of like lingered on them, I was I was found myself just like lacking a real like emotional center or something whether that be like, you know, narrative, thematic, okay. uh, purely character based, whatever, um, to like root me in all of this stuff so that like I could enjoy so that I had something more to enjoy from each of these shots than just like taking them at like kind of face value. Okay. And I don't want to like, I don't want to imply that they're like that superficial cause they're not, there is some really excellent like visual storytelling and everything yeah. happening in the shots. But for how like sort of languid the pace was and how much I was like lacking a deeper connection to really what was going on in the film, 
I found that that pace started like work against it um, because that's okay. where I started getting bored because I didn't have like some new stimulus okay. in a way. And um, yeah, and, and that's so that's where it, it kind of like slid for me a bit. And, um, you know, I just I wish that these like just mind blowing compositions and, and orchestrations were being leveraged to some something that I, you know, that I felt a little more substance from. OK. Um, however, I, you know, I can't deny that for Coron, there is massive substance to all of this. Yeah. You know, like it, it's a true like, you know, personal vision. Yeah. And like you can feel that in every you know, every, you know, speck <laughs> of blood flowing through the life of this movie yeah, yeah. is, you know, is, is like a very personal thing happening here. Mm -hmm. And like, you can really feel that, uh, which was, you know, again, very impressive yeah. and like great auteur filmmaking, you yes. know? Um, and so, so yeah, it's like, because that didn't translate to me, mm -hmm. um, in some ways almost like, I don't know, it is it, almost a compliment to the film. Like, you know, okay. sure, it kind of like it bored me because I didn't connect to it. But yeah. it's like in a way, it's like that's how like perfectly specific he was able to convey what was in his head, you know, uh, and like, okay. you know, and, and sure. It's like, you know, usually like uh, there's an old adage that like the more specific you become, the more universal you are. Yeah, yeah. Like when you think things are like, oh, no, this is so specific to my experience that uh -huh. like then other people see it and they're like, man, I know exactly what you felt like. You know, I've right. had something similar happen. You go, oh shit! No, hey, look, we've all had, yeah, right. In a different way, we've all experienced the same thing, mm -hmm. you know. And there's this kernel there, and um, you know, I, I, I didn't connect to something like that in this film. Okay. Um, but again, it's like I, I almost feel like that was kind of because it was like, it was just so personal, and I just maybe I just haven't had a life experience that really like connected, mm -hmm. you know, to to what he was really putting on film That's here, right. like okay. those emotions and feelings and memories and recollections that he was, you know, yeah, yeah, needed to get out of him uh -huh. and like you know uh, have other people experience it. It's like you know, in a way, I like I kind of respect him for it. Okay, you know that like it it feels like a a very um, uh, disciplined sort of like lack of uh lack of giving in to anyone or any convention or anything like that like okay. he just had it was very specific how this had to be made what it had to be about mm -hmm. how we had to portray everything and like i don't give a fuck what anyone thinks or says this is what i gotta do be. it this way yeah you know and like you know i respect the shit out of that <laughs> And I think, you know, ultimately, I think that's what might have kept me at arm's length a little bit with it. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I think, like, you know, just on thinking about it more, I was like, no, I mean, it's, you know, I can, you can't deny the, the like, craftsmanship and just the passion and, like, the vision behind this film. Yeah, it's, yeah, It's all yeah. there. No, 100%. Like, yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, it's it's a shame, again, that, like, at the end of the day, I just have to come back to that, like, honestly, though, like, while I was watching it, <laughs> I was fucking bored, man. Yeah. Like, ah. And, it, like, yeah, it, it kind of pains me to say it because there's yeah. so many commendable things to talk about here right, but at the right. same time i'm like i can't i can't discredit that you know because right. that's a massive thing you know yeah, it's no, really 100%. big um so so yeah i guess in a nutshell that's where that's where my kind of <laughs> comes from <laughs> came from yeah okay all right so okay so i really like the movie um and one of the reasons i like the movie uh i i told you know, Matt Miles, and then when you went out for a smoke last night, I was telling Jeremy about it, <clears throat> um, that I, I like it because I uh, because it feels like I am watching a memory. Mm -hmm. 
And that's what really, uh, once I really got into the movie, because the, the beginning of it, it took me a bit to get into. Yeah. But once once I got into it, and it wasn't like, oh my God, I got into it like 45 minutes into the movie. It was it was pretty close, you know. Um, but um, I like that I am watching a memory. And I, it feels like I am watching, uh, it feels like I'm having uh, somebody tell me a story, uh, you know, verbally. And these are the images that are, running through my head uh, in the way that they describe them or, you know, the way that, you know, said person is uh, what kind of tone they're adding to certain moments, you know, in this story mm-hmm. is I felt like that's what I was watching, you know, on screen. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, it was, fu- it was funny. I was, I, when I was talking to Matt yesterday, I, you know, my, my mom's mom, my grandma is my only living grandparent right now. And, uh, she's, uh, my grandpa's passed away and like, she's just alone at her house and she's just feeling like a burden to everybody. But, um, she always, uh, I was always with her and my grandpa when I was like a little kid, I was always sleeping over. So we always went to flea markets and the mall and we did all this shit. Right. And so, um, when I was young, uh, it's, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it before. Batman is my favorite character, mm-hmm. right. All t- of all time. Oh yeah. And so, um, <laughs> She would make me Batman capes. Nice. She would like sew them. <laughs> so like I would be there, she would be babysitting me or I'd spend the night and I'd be like, I had a shit ton of capes. Yeah. Just all different colors. Damn. You so had a she, childhood cape collection? Yeah. So Fuck. she she would make me capes and like out of good fabric, like she, you know, her and her kids, like they, my aunts and uncles, like she would make all their clothes, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. So she knew, you know, she knew, she knew what she was doing. Um, but she'll see, she'll sit and she'll watch TV now and see like, a commercial for like a Batman cartoon or lately it's been, uh, I went home last week and my mom was just like, grandma just cannot stop talking about you. Like she just keeps bringing you up. And, um, my, uh, jokingly, like my grandma calls me, uh, uh, El Rey, which is the King in Spanish. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she's called me that ever since I was a little kid. And nice. so this is this running joke <laughs> that like, uh, you know, I'll walk into the room and my grandma will be like, Oh, Hey, hi. But then when I walk in, it's like, Oh my God, he's here, the king, you know, and it's just this running joke with my sisters and shit, and they'll be like, whatever, we don't give a fuck. Um, so, um, but my mom was telling me a story about how she saw a commercial for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoon, mm-hmm. and it immediately made her think of uh, this one time where me, her, and my grandpa were going to the mall, and I didn't want to take my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mask off of my face to go into Sears mm-hmm. or to the mall. And they kept telling me, you need to take it off. Like, you have to take it off. And I was like, no, I don't want to do nope. it. And so they were <laughs> like, all right, fine. So they let me walk into the mall with my mask on. And everyone that I passed was like, oh, my God, that's so cute, whatever. But this is the thing that my grandma, like, when my mom goes over, she'll be like, I saw the commercial again today, mm-hmm. and I thought about Bobby, you know. <laughs> and so um, it was interesting to to hear all those stories last week and then see this movie Mm. and just think about memory. Sure. Think about how we process memory, what we remember, you know, good, bad, you know, whatever it is and how like the retelling of stories, you know, gets like muddled or it changes or, you know, uh, two people in a room, you know, one year, 10 years later turns into like five people in a room, you know, and these little details that change. So um, there are these moments in the movie Roma that I really appreciate because it does feel so close to him. Mm-hmm. And in a way, I feel like that's how I remember memories. Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember 
every New Year's Eve going to my grandma's house and like the entire family having a party like we have here for Halloween mm-hmm. or we have at Sean's for, for, for like a barbecue. Yeah. That's the kind of parties I had with my family yeah. and my cousins <laughs> and my aunts and uncles, you know, for those, for those moments and stuff. And so, um, and I also liked, you know, in the movie, there's always like a plane flying overhead. Mm-hmm. You either hear it or yeah, you see it's it. A constant motif. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that, that, uh, that moment and also uh, like the dog shit in the hallway, mm-hmm. you know, it was just always there. It only got cleaned up once. Yeah. You know, when she got when, you know, Cleo, the main character, was told to clean it up. Um, but I also started thinking about things, you know, certain things that you remember from from memory. Like you and I sit here every Friday, respectively, and, and talk about trailers and everything like that. But something I always notice is the pink hands that sit there. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> so it's like it's this one thing that's like there is. I don't think anything else pink in this apartment or mm-hmm. at least in the view I have of the kitchen and the living room right now, but yeah. that is just standing out oh, yeah. always, you know? So, and I, I took, you know, the dog shit and, <laughs> and the plane as like something from childhood that you were, you would remember, yeah. you know what There I mean? was like dog shit and airplanes like constantly. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's like a, it's, you know, it's like a marker yeah. for like an event or a moment or everything like that. And so, uh, I, I like the movie because it made me think about how I think about memory mm-hmm. or family or, you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, some of the moments, you know, in, in the movie with her, you know, um, getting pregnant and like the dude leaving, um, also, like, or the moment before that when the dude yeah, is doing Yeah, Fairman's a real piece of work. He's a fucking that dude's bastard, dude. At fir- the first scene with him, I was like, this guy might be on my team. Yeah. Because his first scene, let me tell you. Yeah. It's impressive. Yeah. Uh, he's got some moves. Yeah, he's just like, they've obviously just had sex and, like, he's doing, like, these martial arts moves. Yeah. With, you know, butt, butt naked. naked. Butt naked. Completely butt naked yeah. using a shower rod as a katana and yeah. showing off his Japanese sword fighting skills. And, yeah. it's you know, it's just a single, like, static shot. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, it's all flopping around. Yeah. It's kind of great to watch, actually. And it, rem- it reminded me uh, in the last, uh, in uh, in Before Midnight, you know, the Richard Linklater mm-hmm. movie, the last movie he did, there's a there's an argument that, like, you know, Celine and Jesse have in the movie at, at the end of it. And um, <clears throat> a little bit before it, they're, like, making out and, like, about to have sex. And, like, she undoes her blouse, which comes down from her neck. So from like the from like mid stomach up, she's topless, mm-hmm. and um, and from mid stomach down, she still has like the dress on. And they start getting into an argument, and they have about like a ten minute argument where she's she doesn't grab her dress to put it back up mm-hmm. and tie it, and then continue the argument. Yeah, she just they just continue to have the argument because they're a couple, mm-hmm. and it's like you've seen everything. So yeah. like right, my first instinct isn't to cover up. Right. Yeah. So um, I like the honesty, I guess, in that scene, even mm-hmm. though it was kind of comical. Yeah. Where it's just sort of like, yeah, like we've just had sex and like, you know, you probably asked to see this. I'm why am I going to put pants on? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just right. going to fucking <laughs> flop around and show you like <laughs> this martial arts moves that I've learned and shit. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's, that's why that's why I really like the movie. Yeah. Like the movie to me just feels like a, a really, you know, beautiful poem about memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just kind of a reminder that we should really, you know, at least for me, like uh, talk more about memory and talk more about about the past mm-hmm. and um, really make it a point to like not forget it. Yeah. Uh, it really made me want to go like set up all this equipment and like go talk to my grandma. Right. Actually. Yeah. No, actually, when I was when you were talking about all the stuff with your family, I was like, I you know, yeah, not to be like <laughs> totally like, you know, a cultural fucking moron, but like. 
I would be really interested to hear like your family, you know, yeah. if you watch this movie with your family, like what, you know, they would feel about it. I, I, I thought about, you know, seeing if like my grandma would be, would like want to watch it, would be interested in like seeing it and stuff, you know? Um, yeah. And it's the same thing with like, like we've wanted to sit down for a while and have her like watch Coco as well, you know, mm-hmm. like the Pixar movie and stuff. Did your grandma so, actually live in Mexico for a while? Or? Yeah, she lived in Mexico. I can't remember when she came to the States, but, um, but yeah, so you know, we've heard a little bit of that story. Uh, my dad's side of the family is a completely different thing, but um, yeah, my my grandma though, like we, um, when my mom was talking to us about like lately, what she just sort of like, you know, she's not losing her mind like or anything like that. Uh, it's still very sharp, but she talks about you know certain things over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I know when I was still living at home and I would go see her a lot, like we talked about the same three things, okay, all the time. And it was about my. It was usually about uh, how my grandpa taught me how to cut grass. Okay. <laughs> uh, which I distinctly remember. It's like a, such yeah. a fresh memory in my mind <laughs> that uh, the day that my I showed my grandpa how to work the um you know when you go into a record store and like you can you could scan the barcode and listen to the music oh yeah yeah he would get upset because he would always be looking for like good uh like mexicano music mm-hmm. and he would buy cds he told me the story one time he's like i buy cds and then i listen to them and they're shit and i'm like oh that's a, he's like yeah i throw them in the garbage and i'm like like right after you bought them he goes yeah i just throw them in the garbage <laughs> and i'm like dude don't do that like what's wrong with you so the day that like you know, we went to the record store and like it was like a FYE in the yeah. mall. And he did I taught him how to like scan it and he was like, Oh my god, this is great. Like, yeah. <laughs> save so much money. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, it's moments like that that are uh, you know, that she remembers and that we talk about, mm-hmm. you know, a lot and stuff. And so um but yeah, that's what the that's what like the movie did for me. Yeah. You know, I mean I liked I really liked Cleo, the main character. I mm-hmm. thought she was really good. The actress who played her was yeah, really good. Yeah, she was excellent. Yeah. Really um, just understated, you mm-hmm. know, and like but like perfect, you know, just yes. felt so authentic, you mm-hmm. know. It really did. Like it it felt like you know, without, you know, of course being the Paul Greengrass shaky cam cuz it's not like right. that at all, but it felt like documentary esque. Yes. Just in terms of like just the authenticity of what was being presented and mm-hmm. like, you know, just yeah, her realism. Yeah, yeah. Uh naturalism, I should say, in the performance was like, yeah, really remarkable. And the fact that, you know, she's a, you know, unknown actress at least yeah. in the United States, I thought really added to that too cuz yeah. it was like it didn't feel like I was watching somebody, you know, like dressed down for a role to try to win an award. Yes, <laughs> just exactly. Felt like I was actually seeing this person's life, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, that was impressive. The other thing I liked is I don't. I'm not quite entirely. Sh- the other thing I liked about the movie is that I'm not quite entirely sure whose point of view I'm watching it from. Yeah. And right. So I think that's what, to your point, I think that's what, what makes it feel like a documentary. Yeah. Style ish is it's just very subjective to whoever you want to follow right. in the movie. And that is and and. I did really. I thought that was a really interesting element. I I can't help but feel like that's part of also what f- kept me a little detached from it. Okay, I can see know? that. I definitely um, see that. And you know, in a way, in a way, I was really watching it from the viewpoint of like, because there was uh, the family that uh, the main character Cleo that she's like a maid for. Mm-hmm. They have like four kids. There's like two daughters and two sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the sons who's like really young. <laughs> Or was it three sons? I think it's three sons. I think sons it's three sons and two daughters. Yeah, two daughters. Because yeah. there was one son that was like really young. Mm-hmm. And he was sort of like, seemed to have like the most attachment to Cleo. Oh, yeah. Um, and she to him, really. He was uh, the kid, Pepe or kid who kept talking about how in his past life. Yeah, he was right. A, when I was, was when great. I used I really to be loved old. It. Yeah. yeah. No, I thought that was awesome. But yeah. So I kind of started 
there was a point in the movie where I started feeling like maybe that was Alfonso Cuaron. Okay. That kid. Yes. And that like this was actually a movie. You know, mm-hmm. this were this was a memory of his, but yes. like he was a child at the time. Right, right, right. And he, you know, had this maid that he was really attached to, and that this like one really tragic thing happened to that he didn't understand at the time because mm-hmm. he was just a child. And yeah. You know, there's all this other stuff that like really, you know, kind of paying respect to this woman and like, you know, her story and like the impact that she had on his life, you know, even just being sort of like, you know, so mundane in a way that like, you know, mm-hmm. in a sense saying that, you know, the movie is sort of positing that it's like it's it's kind of that mundanity that really makes you like a tremendous person. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, there's a lot of like really nice things like that's where I started to see because because, yeah, I was picking up on the same vibe you were that this feels like such a memory. And I'm like, but this is like a you know, 45 year old Mexican man, you yeah. know, like <laughs> right. who was he in 1970, you yeah, know, Mexico right. and like all the, you know, so it, you know, I was like, it, it just, it was so strange, you know, mm-hmm. it was just like kind of amazed, but also confused about like, where is he pulling this like autobiographical level of detail from, yeah, you yeah. know, for something that obviously he didn't really experience, but it was True. like, then I just started, you know, the more, yeah, like that kid also, even just the way the kid would talk about like, Oh, before I was born, I was an old man. And when I was old, you know, I used to go fishing and like stuff like that, Um, you know, felt to me like, you know, this kid had some sort of like artistic inclinations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was thinking a little more abstractly about things. And then that's when I was like, maybe this is this This is is him, him. you know, because all the other kids were just like they wanted to like fire guns and chase each other around and stuff and just do kid stuff. Uh This kid was like saying weird, esoteric shit. He was a pirate. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. And like, you know, I thought that was kind of a neat, neat element to take from it that it, so in a way I was seeing it from that child's perspective. Okay. Okay. Um, and there were lots of things that sort of like played to that within the movie as well. where like, you know, certain camera angles and stuff, even where we're like, we're a little lower to the ground, Yes. you know, looking at things that mm-hmm. had a little bit more of this, like, you know, kind of like child's eye perspective on things. Right. Um, and just, and in a way, just like, you know, the, the, the wideness and largeness of like the lens itself and like the camera format that he was using, mm-hmm. um, you know, lends it to just that like sort of, you know, wide eyed youth in a way, like yeah. you're just like, you're really experiencing these things for the first time, you know, you're, they're devoid of any like pretense or like, you know, uh, jadedness that has come from just overexposed. Like, Oh yeah, I've seen this shit a million times. You know, right, it right. really was like, everything was presented as though it's like, holy shit, this is the first time I've ever seen anything like this. Yes. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah, so a lot of that just added up to like, you know, it was like it was like an adult looking back through his childhood with the understanding that he has now. Yes. Like and that's that's what it felt. So I felt like it was him as an adult looking through his childhood version's eyes. <laughs> OK. And that was kind of the perspective we got. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. A little bit on it. So that's actually um, kind of neat. Yeah. When you were talking about the camera angles and, and uh, how sometimes they were like a little bit low or whatever. Mm-hmm. I really liked that, you know, a lot of the. Uh, the pans back and forth from, you know, left to right or, or, you know, right to left. Yeah. Where, um, cause in the movie, the, the, the parents of the kids are, are clearly going through a divorce. They're, they're breaking up. Yeah. Um, but it's never told to the kids, you know, until the very end of the movie, uh, when the mother has like a, a much more like, um, she's, uh, she's got a, a better handle on like the car. Yeah. That's, right. <laughs> you know, being sort of like, uh, destroyed in her life right now yeah you know? yeah no uh, she's she's back in control yeah, yeah. and so uh, it's only then that she feels comfortable enough to say like hey listen like your dad's you know he's not coming home and yeah. all this other kind of stuff right it's come about to take the bookshelves yeah <laughs> <laughs> those are my bookshelves yeah um nice. but um i really love that 
you know, normally I feel like, you know, their story, the husband and the, and the wife might be like, you know, the main story of, you know, uh, an independent, you know, foreign movie. It's a couple that has a bunch of kids, you know, in Mexico in their mm-hmm. early seventies and they're breaking up and we're watching, you know, what happens to this woman as she tries to like raise her kids or this and that. Uh, and every time the camera would go left to right or right to left or however we were introduced in the, in the, in the movie when she's talking about those events, like, you know, oh, he hasn't even called or he hasn't even like written to the kids or, you know, money or whatever, like the camera would be panning, you know, left to right. And by the time they got into the by the time she was in the frame or her voice was audibly in the frame, it was almost kind of like this unspoken thing where a bunch of people were like, shh, like Dorian's here now. Stop talking about (laughs) it. Stop talking. He's here now. We're like, we can't we can't let him hear what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I kind of like that, that, that accentuated the, what you brought up seeing it through like a kid's eyes mm-hmm. is that I felt like the framing and how everything was shot was, was meant to make you feel like a kid because the adults are talking now. So, yeah. you know, I'm letting you, the audience, the children into the adult story, mm-hmm. but you're not going to get any of it. Right. Because, you know, yeah, in the way it was like, yeah, you were always like an intruder. On yeah, like, right, on exactly. The, part of the reason the movie is so plotless is because like from that perspective, like the plot is always being hidden from you. Yes. You know, and that's yeah. and in a way it's like, you know, drawing that parallel, you know, between like the children and her as the maid, like that sort of in a way she's kind of treated the same way. Right. You know, which is a little it's like it adds like a, you know, a nuanced element to that whole relationship where it's mm-hmm. like she's obviously really close with the kids and like, you know, the the woman who uh, employs her. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The obviously, you know, is is nice to her, and like they yeah. obviously do care about her. Like they you know, when she's pregnant, like yeah. they take her to the dead. They make sure she's set up, and they're like, we're not firing. Like you know, we're gonna take care of you through yeah. this. But like at the same time, in the same way, like she's also treated as like inferior. You know, yeah. and you know, so there is this weird like. Yeah, the wife fucking yells at her for that dog shit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she's like right in the middle of the street too. Yep. It's just kind <laughs> of like yeah. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's this, like, double-edged sword, and, like, you know, it's an interesting parallel to kind of be drawing between, like, you know, this child's perspective of seeing, like, an adult's life who's sort of also being treated like a child. Yeah. And in a way, is like, because of that is is kind of, like, you know, a little more sheltered in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, this stuff all is all very, like, new and kind of, like... Uh, hard to process for her at yeah. first, you know, like what, you know, we juxtaposed against like, you know, this dissolution of this marriage and like we have five kids and everything. And she's like, you know, she's just like had what is ostensibly her first like sexual encounter mm-hmm. and, you know, gotten pregnant from it. And it's like, you know, showing that difference in like, you know, what is really being dealt with and how monumental it feels to each of these people. Mm. It's like, you know, one of those like almost Yasuhiro Ozu, this famous Japanese filmmaker kind of things that like he brought like the real drama out of like really mundane situations. It was like, you know, yeah, to people who live in like the countryside of Japan, like this fact that your daughter might get married and leave you is like the end of the fucking world. You know, (laughs) like that can have every bit as much drama to somebody whose life is this, Uh you know, as like, yeah, fucking Thanos getting the infinity gauntlet, (laughs) like destroying half the universe. It's Uh like, you know, in a lot of senses, one is, you know, a way more realistic concern. (laughs) (laughs) um, So, so, you know, it's, it's amazing to see, or just, you know, very interesting to see the way that like those two things are sort of like layered on top of each other where it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, not in a way that like diminishes what Cleo's character is going through at all. I no. think it really was drawn to make more of the point that it's just like, you know, everyone's shit 
is as important to them as it is, you know, yeah. as your shit is to you. Right. And like, you know, that, that kind of even, yeah, even when you're being pushed down to this inferior level or whatever, like, you know, or having this child's perspective, it's like this, this stuff is still there mm-hmm. and you're still dealing with it in some way. And like, you know, sent away rather than like, I don't know, instead of comparing and contrasting the two of them in a way, it like kind of put them on the same level, you know, for me. Yeah. Or it was yeah. like, yes, they're being treated differently, but just, you know, on that human level that this movie, you know, seeps. <laughs> right. Um, you know, they're every bit as they're both overcoming their shit. You know, she's also she still goes and confronts Fairman. Yeah. And then there's even that moment where, you know, the the guy who got launched out of the cannon does that weird pose yes and it's like oh none of you can do it and then she fucking just nails it like shit it's like no it's really like it's kind of these nice moments of like you know and she digs deep she there is something special about her Mm -hmm. you know it was cool she didn't have this like you know it didn't it wasn't this big like uh you know, back to the future, like Johnny B. Good moment. We're like, you know, that sound you've been looking for here it is. And like, (laughs) you know, Oh man, this guy's a star. But it was just kind of this moment of like, no, even in like mundanity or like just day to day life, like there's still the opportunities to discover that like you are different in a way and like you are special in a way. Uh And like that, maybe you do have a strength that you didn't know you possessed. Yeah. Like nobody else did. And so, you know, there were like really nice little moments like that too, that I thought again, yeah, just did a good job of just kind of like, leveling the playing field in a lot of ways mm-hmm. even though there was of course this like hierarchical uh relationship between the characters yeah um so it was neat and with you talking just talking about the you know the pan the panning that was used in the mm-hmm. movie a lot just you know turning the camera left and right for people who don't know that term right. um one of the really unsung heroes i think of this movie that not enough people are probably going to talk about is the sound design oh. um is so fucking good <laughs> like because again, it's a you know with a lot of these camera moves being like full rotation, like three hundred and sixty degree rotations. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, just the way that they use surround to like really build the entire environment around you, where you're always hearing like what is behind the camera, what is to the left of it, to the right of it, that is not directly in frame. Because like it's probably going to be seen or has already been seen, mm-hmm. and just because we're not focusing on it now doesn't mean that it's not there anymore. Yeah. Like there were a few times in the theater, I thought people were talking. Absolutely, in the same theater. Here. Yeah, no, and then, same I, here. And then yeah. I had this delayed reaction where I was like, oh, no, I'm oh, just no, in the room. Yeah. I'm in the room in the movie. Right. Like, yeah. fuck, yeah. And again, I thought all that spoke really nicely to the stuff you talked about with, you know, just the movie being like a living memory. Yeah, was like, yeah, again, yeah, all these yeah, okay. just little things. Like, oh, I remember these two fucking guys were like talking about chess. Yes. You know, like why? Like, yeah. I just, I couldn't see them, but I could just hear the whole time. Like right. every time it got silent, they're talking about like, you know, fucking zigzwangs and yeah. shit like that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, no, that, like that type of stuff also just did a really good job. And again, just like world building, you know, like I, we've, you know, hopefully everyone's seen like children of men Mm -hmm. and gravity and it should be no surprise that this guy is amazing at creating a world, you know, like he can really make it live and fucking breathe. Um, but this was just such like a, such a different approach to that and just so like well executed, Mm -hmm. you know, that, um, it was like in a in a really subtle because I'm sure I've heard tons of movies with surround sound where you can hear the stuff all around yeah, you, but just yeah. like because it was being leveraged to such like different. a mundane end in a way, yeah, like yeah. it gave it this totally different feel that was like really kind of fascinating mm-hmm. um, and just yeah, really did add a lot of like you know life, like you were saying, like it made you feel like you were in the room, you know, because like again, I thought same thing. I thought there were people fucking talking. A couple times I was almost like. Can you can you shut up? And I was like, shit, <laughs> yeah, it's the fucking movie. <laughs> okay. Um, 
so yeah, no, that but that was something that I definitely you know wanted to make sure got mentioned was just the sound design for the film because it was really it was like constantly impressive too. Yeah, yeah. Um, even you know from scenes where like a ton of shit was going on that required a lot of like big sound design mm-hmm. to scenes that were just yeah like a few people in a room that just yeah. like as the space is being utilized and shot you know um, from this you know changing camera sp- perspective it's like you just hear and feel everything move around you with your perspective mm-hmm. and again yeah I guess it goes back to also making it feel like you know this isn't just a camera this is like somebody's actual head yeah you know it is right. their eyes it is their ears it is their like mind that we're inhabiting right now mm-hmm. and so you you know everything sounds and looks according you know according to that philosophy right right um one of the yeah. um one of my favorite uh i mean i i hate to call it a favorite sequence but in 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 the way it's like shot is uh when uh, when she goes into labor and like the baby is born um stillborn yeah you know and um you know it's it's all like one shot you know but uh the uh <clears throat> the juxtaposition with them going to the beach at the end mm-hmm. of the movie and then like her saying that she can't swim but she still goes into the you know two of the kids kind of get taken by the current yeah. in the movie and then she still goes into the water to like grab the kids and like saves them and the moment when she says like oh, i didn't want her mm-hmm. you know that one that one like hit me really really hard like in in the movie and i just feel like i don't know if it's a cultural thing like i don't know if it's like a like a like a mexican thing or a latin thing or whatever but i feel like the more I get older and the more I think about, like, I don't know if I believe in God, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I don't go to church, but I was raised Catholic, mm-hmm. but there are times where I'll talk to my grandma who religiously went to church every, almost every day of her life, you know, every Sunday. And then like, she stopped going because of like, you know, the, the priests, you know, I just love that kids. she goes to church religiously. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <It's awesome. laughs> um, you know, and so like, and my mom really tried to like hammer home, like we need to go to church. We need to go to church on Christmas and on Easter. And we were like, we don't care, yeah. you know? Um, but uh, so while, while I say that, I don't know if I believe in God and I, and I, uh, you know, I do believe in some sort of higher power, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I don't know what that is. Jokingly, I say it's aliens, you know, mm-hmm. every once in a while. Giorgio. Giorgio. Um, Extraterrestrials. But, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that moment, it reminded me of like my uh, like my uh, my grandma, you know, she she um, she lives in a house, but she can't she go she can't walk down the stairs anymore. Right? Mm-hmm. Her legs are just pretty bad. And so um, they started to get bad around the time my grandpa was sick and he passed away. And we were getting our bathroom remodeled at the time. So we were going over to my grandma's to take a shower. Yeah. And so my grandpa actually died while I was in the house. I was taking a shower. I came out and she went to check on him and like, you know, he was gone. Right. And so uh, funeral happens. It's done. You know, all, all, all the all the stuff, you know, we bury him. And then a couple of days later, you know, we're at her house and she uh, it was just her and I. And she starts telling me this story in Spanish about how like she knew he was going to pass away. She knew she, that he was going to die, but that she didn't want to be alone. And if she prayed to God about anything while he was sick and in the house is that she didn't want to be alone and she didn't want him to die in, in the middle of the night. Mm. Right. And she goes and you guys were here. You and Tori, you both were here when he passed away in the middle of the day. And so she told me that story and I was, it just hit me. I was just like, damn, like if anybody's going to make me believe in God or anything, like Mm. it's that, like I 100% was like in that moment, like 
I believe in like Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, <laughs> like bless, you know, let's go light a candle yeah. because like someone answered your prayer. That's how I felt. I felt like somebody answered your prayer Yeah. because she, for her, she was just like, I just wouldn't know what to do in the middle of the night. And if somebody wasn't here, like I wouldn't know where to go. Like it would just be in a panic, you know? And so um, that's what that moment made me. I feel like inherently sometimes when I talk to like older Mexican people or just, you know, we talk about like faith or this and that it's there, there's these little things that, you know, if something bad happens, like it's sometimes I feel like, well, you know, we did something to make that bad thing happen Mm -hmm. and we just take it really hard. Like whether it's karma or whether it's like, damn, you know, like we didn't, we didn't give this dude a ride. So this is how, you know, God (laughs) fucked us now, you know, like, but, um, my point is, is that uh, her saying that she didn't want it, you know, like I, I could I could feel like, wow, she probably feels like she she caused the baby to be born stillborn. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a very like real mm-hmm. and like authentic moment for me yeah. and for her character. Yeah. And like it really, you know, aside from her, aside from anybody losing a child in real life or, you know, in a movie, like I just thought um, her going into the water and then coming out and that being like the one thing that she had to say was just really, really powerful. Yeah. But also really authentic in that moment with her having just saved two kids. Right. You yeah. Know? So, um, but yeah, no, uh, I, I really liked, um, uh, I did really like the movie. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I, it, it hit me, it hit me pretty deep. I, I think even with everything that like you've said about it, um, you know, critically and also positively, like I would still want like, everybody to see the movie absolutely I, yeah you know, like, i'd recommend it to everyone 100 um, percent. yeah you know? no I, I definitely i think it's a really important film yeah um that is yeah again just for the reinforcement of like this guy's you know real uh high standing as far as like one of the true artists that's yes. really working in this medium nowadays <clears throat> like mm-hmm. i mean he's you know again like i had my issues with the film but yeah, i yeah, can yeah. still you know acknowledge this as like a you know tremendous piece of work yeah and um, again, like, you know, uh, like I was saying before, kind of the things I didn't like about it uh-huh. are almost uh, speak to its credit yeah, as yeah. like a, a real genuine piece of like personal filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so in that regard, uh, you know, I, I still have to give it a lot of credit and I have a lot of respect for it. But yeah, um, yeah again, just fucking man, I was bored. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, just, it's a bummer. And so now yeah, yeah. I, I, we were just talking about it earlier that um uh, music Box Theater, which we've yes. mentioned many times on this podcast, we do. is we love actually the music gonna, box. yeah, they're going to be showing Roma in seventy millimeter uh, starting January 9th for like fifteen screenings, and it's one of those like, I mean, yes, you know, this is it's like such a visual, you know, like masterpiece that like I will go see the seventy millimeter projection of it just mm-hmm. to like have that experience yeah. and like you know knowing really what the movie is because like we were talking about this a little bit before we started. And, Part of what kind of like threw me off with the film also is like, you know, because of how, um, you know, like Italian neo-realist it is Mm -hmm. in a way. It's just like, but even the, you know, the thing that was like, even the neo-realists and like Ozu, who I mentioned earlier, there was still like some sort of like inciting incident. You know, it's like something relatively minor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in, you know, Italian neo-realist, like Bicycle Thieves is the movie everyone talks about with that, the uh, Victoria De Sica movie, but... You know, yeah, a guy's bike gets stolen. Yeah. And, like, even, um, you know, like Yasuhiro Ozu, it's like, there is at least a thing, like, oh, shit, my daughter might get married. You know, or yeah, like, there's, right. like, something <laughs> like that that's sort of like, okay, this is, like, the dilemma. Okay, yeah. You know, and, and uh, again, I'm not saying this is a bad thing or anything, uh, but, like, Roma doesn't even have that. Yeah. It's, like, literally, like, the movie starts and we're just, like, mopping a floor. Yeah. 
And I would I'm, even I'm agree, I would straight up. Like, I would even <laughs> say you can't even call like anything that happens to her as an inciting incident. No, not at all. Yeah. And that's uh, like, like you like you're saying and yeah, nothing kind of yeah. like oh shit she's pregnant. All right. Right, right, so, right, right. So you know part of me like you know was like just felt like I was waiting. Okay. You know for a good part of the movie mm-hmm. to like okay this is all really you know this is interesting it's like yeah, a very yeah. different perspective on things and like obviously the you know visual styling is gorgeous and you know, but I was just kind of waiting for that indicator of, I guess, like where we're headed. Right. And it's it's never there. Yeah. It doesn't exist in the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and again, like you know, that's not. I'm not citing that as like an issue. Right. Uh, but it it's just took you- it definitely like it put me in a weird place watching it. Mm-hmm. Where like you know, it, it was like almost an hour into the film, I felt like where I was just like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's not going to be anything, is there? Like, yeah. this is just going to be, like, what happened what it is. over this time period, uh-huh. you know? And I was just kind of like, I was a little, you know, I was already started feeling some of the things I had mentioned earlier about how, like, yeah, there are these amazing compositions, but they're just like, the more I see them, the more hollow they start to feel. Okay, okay. You know? And and then, yeah, so when I was already starting to feel that little bit of, like, negativity creep in and then, like, you know, coalesced with the realization that, like, oh, that's just, like, all this is going to be. Yeah. I just kind of, like, it, it hit me at a moment where I was just, it just, like, pulled me down. Okay. You know, into my seat and I was like, all right, there's, like, an hour and 15 minutes yeah. left. <laughs> and, like, it's, I'm just. I'm kind of just sitting through this at this yeah, point, you yeah. know, and that was like a little, even though I kept going like, God, I should be like blown. I should be loving this. Like this yeah. is so well made. And I'm, but I'm like, just, just felt so out of it, you know, yeah. like just outside of the movie where it was like, all I could, you know, all I could appreciate was what you could view from like a detached, like objective standpoint, mm-hmm. you know? And like, there was just nothing like sort of reaching a hand out to me to like pull me in. It was too good of a biopic. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, I mean, I, you know, and so, so who knows, you know, it's one of those like, yes, it's the fact that a, that they struck a 70 millimeter print of this and are showing it at this theater. Like I'll always fucking support that. You know, it's really cool. Because like, and yes, this movie was shot digitally. Yeah. Um. So you know, however, this was the camera they used, which I've like made mention of a couple of times, is the um is Panavision sixty five, or uh, I'm sorry, Alexa sixty five. Yeah. Um, camera, which is basically it's a digital camera, but the sensor in it is the size of a sixty five millimeter piece of film. Mm-hmm. So it is it is analogous to <laughs> in terms of like what it can capture yeah. and the level of detail and just the scope of what it can capture is expanded because it has this larger sensor, just like a larger piece of film okay. would incur the same advantages. Yeah. Um, so so the fact that like you know they did shoot it in like an equivalent basically format to seventy millimeter. Right. You know, this is, I believe that camera is like, you know, like 8K resolution. And okay. while they're not totally analogous to each other, like, you know, uh, actual 70 millimeter film would have something closer to like like 17 or 18K okay. <laughs> in terms of like you know, scalability and resolution. Our, you know, your eyes are never really going to discern yeah, that different. That's right, so right. high quality that it's like, you know, absurd. But um but anyway, so you know, so it is. It is not quite film, but mm-hmm. I, th- you know, it's definitely shot in a way that is going to translate to that large film format very beautifully. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, so I'm very interested to see it. And you know, who knows? Maybe going in, having already seen it, knowing what it really is, mm-hmm. will shift my perspective a little bit because maybe I won't have like that sort of moment where these two kind of negative forces, like you know, coincide at the same moment and kind of like conspire to drag me down a little bit yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) um so you know so we'll see but i'm you know i'm interested to go uh you know i'll I'll do that again but you know part of me is also like dreading it a little bit (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, Cause yeah, it just, it feels like something that I can appreciate from afar. Okay. You know, it, like almost more so than I can like up close when I'm actually watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I've definitely gotten more, you know, I've found this conversation alone to be very enriching. Yeah, no, um, for sure. And, uh, uh, yeah, I've gotten a lot more out of it just from that. But it's like it's not stuff that I feel like I need to go see the movie again. I'm like, no, I, you know, I got it. I got it. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. still there. Yeah. And I st- Yeah. So I'm still worried that like even though I'm, I want to go see the 70 millimeter print, like I'm just going to get in there in five minutes and I'm be like, fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm still bored. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Well, they got um, a bar. I'll go. <laughs> I, uh, I think the last the last the th- thing I would say for the movie is that um, <clears throat> I, l- I really like how it ended. I really like the last line of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's, they've gotten back from the beach, you know, and she's putting stuff away and everything. And it's, uh, it's, uh, there's like another maid in the house that helps out with her, right? And uh, she calls her like there's like there's another language that's spoken in the movie. And yeah, I don't know. Mixteco. I, yeah, yeah. Um, I've never heard it spoken before, but I know she, I know the other maid calls Cleo uh, Manita. Yeah. And I I I f- feel like it's a it's like a slang for like uh, Hermana. Like if you call someone like Hermanita, it's mm-hmm. like sister. Okay. So I feel like she calls her Manita as like 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 half yeah you know like because like when i was younger i could never say hermana and everybody would always ask me when i was a kid like donde esta tu hermana so i would always say mana's at home mm. until this day we still call alex mana okay but it's because like <laughs> i could never pronounce it you know okay and so um and tori who wasn't even born yet when mm-hmm. all this was happening with me and alex like you know we called you know alex mana so much that Tori will be that's how Tori like yells for Alex. No, oh, okay. she'll go, Mana, you know, <laughs> in the house and stuff. So um but uh but yeah, it's Cleo walking up the stairs with, yeah. with all the the laundry and she goes, Yeah, I'm gonna leave, let me do this. Uh, you know, like I've got like a story to tell you. Yeah. And then it just ends. And I was just like, it was like the it was like the cherry on top of like the memory cake we just watched. Mm-hmm. It's just like now Cleo's going to tell the story. Like, I wonder if it's the same story or mm-hmm. how does it go or how much of it, you know? Right. And uh, it was just a nice little touch to the movie, I felt. like, yeah. it, it, You know, so it solidified the rest of the whole movie for me, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, but yeah, man, I'm glad we saw it in the theater. Yeah, no, I really am too. I mean, it was definitely something I want to support. Yes. Um, you know, not just the film itself, but also like, you know, I like the fact that Netflix is doing these like limited theatrical runs for their more like prestige pieces. Mm-hmm. Because, excuse me, I appreciate that opportunity. Like, seeing, you know, Other Side of the Wind also. Like, the, yeah, being right. able to see that in 35 millimeter in a, in a theater was fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, just seeing, you know, the words of film by Orson Welles, like, come up on the in screen. Film, was yeah. just like, oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. Like, um, that was really cool. And, the, you know, and the theater was full of, like, cinephiles, so it got a reaction. You know, yes. Everyone was just like, yes! Woo! Like, yeah! <laughs> fucking Orson Welles movie. Like, this is so cool. Um, so I like, you know, I like that they're doing these limited runs and I think they've found a nice little spot kind of in, because there were some issues at first when they were like, like Beast of No Nation and a couple other ones that oh, were yeah. more early in their career. Yeah, they were yeah. trying to do like a full just theatrical release, right? like day and date with the release mm-hmm. on Netflix. And their, you know, their argument at that time was just like, Hey, if people want to go to the theater, they'll go to the theater, even though yeah. it's on Netflix. But, um, so I think this is a better thing where it's like, Hey, for like two weeks, before the movie hits Netflix, we'll do a, a small theatrical run. 
um, you know, and then, you know, see how those go and like maybe we'll build on those, you know, from here because it seems like they're going to start doing that with more films because it sounds like they've been fairly su- uh, successful with it. Yeah, yeah. And that people are responding well to it. That feels like, no, this is a good yeah. compromise between the two. It's right. like everybody's still, you know, it's still hitting Netflix like this fucking day. And like, sure, you can go to the theater and check it out like a week early if you want. Otherwise, you have plenty of other, sh- you know, there's 20 other things that hit Netflix this week <laughs> that you can occupy your time with until next week when this hits Netflix. You right, know? exactly. So it's I feel like it's a kind of a win-win for everybody. And people, you know, going to the theater still feel like they're getting the real theatrical experience. You know, it doesn't feel cheapened by the fact that, like, I could have just stayed at home and watched this, you know? Yeah, right. that does sink in a little bit yeah. on some of those. It, it feels really like, no, I'm seeing this, like, before it's really, like, mm-hmm. you know, hit the waves, so yeah. to speak. Like, you know, I'm... I'm it gives it gives those theatrical screenings almost like a you know what used to be like the festival experience uh-huh. prior to a movie hitting like the theaters. Okay, now it's like the theater has become like the festival to Netflix's ubiquity. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's true. Yeah, um, where it's like I you know I almost felt like we were seeing this movie early. Yeah, you know yesterday yeah, I was yeah. like no it's this is the regular release of this film. Yeah, but it's just like it's going on the service tomorrow where fucking that's true I didn't think about it. Like you know that. three billion people are gonna watch it and right. that's obviously a much bigger you know pool so um yeah it's interesting but i like it yeah so i want to support them doing this doing this more and uh i guess the last thing i wanted to say uh just about the movie itself and this is i guess this gets into like a little bit of off-ramp territory okay um slightly uh, very slightly because i would never ever uh propose to tell mr horon how to do his job um he's much better at it than i am yeah. <laughs> um, i'm getting there though yeah chasing him but uh but anyway the one like one thing that that i couldn't help but think about um while watching the movie and like afterwards about that would have what would have like really helped get me uh-huh. to that level of engagement that i was that i was kind of missing and a little i couldn't help but think about um <clears throat> there's this like yeah genre or style of storytelling called magical realism yes that um you know is is not it's been getting more and more well known it feels like recently but this is like in in like latin america and like can you give like a movie example of it's honestly like our listeners yeah probably the easiest like movie example would be like like big fish Okay. Uh, the Tim Burton, Burton movie. movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because okay. what, so like surrealism and magical realism are, are very different, but you know, they sometimes can feel a little similar, mm-hmm. but like surrealism is really about like, surrealism is about like subjectivity. Yeah. Like this is how this person is experiencing or perceiving these things. What magical realism is about is it's like, it's basically presenting a mundane world. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are elements of it that are, have some element of like fantasy or magic to them. Okay. Um, but it's just when people experience it, it's not like, oh, holy shit, that's magic. It's like, it's part of that world. Yeah. And like everyone kind of gets it and it's just treated as like the same as like, you know, I don't know, a street light okay. or whatever, <laughs> but it's, and, you know, so it's not pervasive. It's not full on like Harry Potter, Harry Potter world or like right. fantasy, but it's like, you know, you'll be telling this totally mundane story and then like all of a sudden someone's talking to a ghost. Gotcha. And it's like okay. not questioned at all. It just happens. And yeah, then yeah. we move on to the next scene, which is like this couple fighting again. Yeah. You know, like that would be magical realism. Okay. And so, um, so there's a real tradition of this. If you, you know, think about like a lot of like, you know, folklore and mm-hmm. like, you know, sort of like um, storytelling, like oral storytelling tradition, you know, yeah. kind of stories and things like that. Um, a lot of these elements pop up, especially in like the Latin world. Yeah. And, um, and that's so. 
Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, Trans no, Labyrinth. definitely. Um, and so there's this there's this writer who sort of is is credited a lot with like kind of creating magical realism. So, um, name is uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Oh yeah, um, really, really amazing writer. He was also a journalist. I think he was one of the main guys who covered like Pablo Escobar. Oh no shit. Yeah, but then also was this like fucking internationally like recognized brilliant writer wow. who basically brought like this element of um, you know folklore and tradition from that part of the world into literature that could be like appreciated internationally. Okay. And essentially like coined a genre out of yeah. it. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so you know, a, a small element of magical realism inside of Roma. Uh-huh. For me, that was just something that popped into my head because it's, you know, um, because it's Mexico. Yes. And it, you know, has part of that tradition is is as large there as it is in South America as far as some of these, like, kind of magical realist, you know, fables and whatnot. Um, and, uh, you know, like, a, a little element of that, like, something tiny. Like, you know, yeah. and that's always when magical realism is at its best, is, again, mm-hmm. when it's just a really small, subtle thing that you're just like, so everyone's just cool with this guy just with created that? fire in his hand real yeah, quick, right, you know? Right. Like, that just happened, but yeah. okay, whatever. Um, and, uh, you, like, one little element of that, I feel like, would have kind of just, like, gelled everything in that movie together okay. for me. Okay. And, like, put it, you know... Not just like maybe taking maybe what that would have done for me is like taking it just enough outside of like the hyper personal realm where it lived and into something a bit more mm-hmm. uh, universal, okay. I guess. And and again, I'm, I'm sure it was a very specific choice of his not to do that. Yeah. And to keep it very much more in that realm of memory and outside of that like mythological mm-hmm. fairy tale realm where yeah. it, it could have gone to in so many ways but uh you know for me personally i feel like yeah just a little thing like that would have kind of that would have been the the last little you know match strike that i needed for this whole thing to just all the other parts were there yeah yeah you know waiting and i was waiting (laughs) (laughs) and light um, the match (laughs) yeah and you know and maybe just because from the trailer and just again knowing like the part of the world this was and who this filmmaker was i maybe in my head i had already told myself before the movie that there was going to be a magical realist element to this and maybe that's what I was waiting for and didn't get. And that's mm-hmm. why I kind of felt, you know, let down. In okay. A way. So who knows? It could have just been my bullshit. Yeah. Um, I, think that's but, a, uh, I think that's a good, I mean, because I mean, Koran, like, you know, if you look through like his filmography, like it's not all like magical realism. No, no, not at all. But yeah. I mean, it's so different, you know, like hearing yeah. you talk about all that right now made me think of uh, a movie he did, which I didn't know he did until years and years and years later <laughs> with you know my my film education but it was he did the the little princess mm-hmm. uh and i don't know if you ever saw that movie no i didn't but um that movie is you know like the the hint of like magical real there's a bit of magical realism in it okay you know um because um i won't get too much into the story but there's a section of the story where uh it, it um this girl her father is uh we believe that he's lost to to a war and she goes to live in like this this like girl's home or something mm-hmm. but <clears throat> the one thing she still keeps from like her father like a memory is this book that he would always read to her about this like indian princess and stuff and so when she talks when she tells like the story to like these other kids that she meets or something like that this movie goes into a magical realism where there are people like uh, you know, with blue skin and and they're they're acting out this this book and and stuff like that. And uh, it is very magical, and this is what she sees in her head. Mm-hmm. And so hearing you talk about like that magical realism, obviously not to that extent in Roma, but I get what what you're saying, um, uh, like about having like an element in, 
of that in there. Yeah. And then also remember that that it guy. It felt like it was so close to doing it so many times. Every once you know? in a while. Yeah. yeah. Every once in a while. And the uh, the moment that uh, made me think about it was uh, I, I kind of wanted to like posit the question to you was. Um, during New Year's Eve and that fire breaks out and there's that moment where the guy who's in that suit yeah. takes his <laughs> mask off and starts just yeah. singing. That would have been a perfect spot for something to yeah, happen. It, you know, yeah, like yeah, 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 right, right, yeah. Magical realism like sort of was knocking on the door right, right there, yeah, but like exactly. nobody like, nobody answered. Like if if instead of that being a guy who took off a mask, if like it was just that creature Oh. Like was just came up and he was in that close up and that creature was just singing. Interesting. And then like I that like just that. went away and there was never any. I would have been like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> like I would have kind of lost my shit right there. I kind of questioned if he was even like <clears throat> real. But I know in this because I, I know in the scene before, like we see him like start that dance. Like yeah. He comes in and everybody interacts with him. Right. But the moment with all the fire, the way he walks you know, from the background to the foreground mm-hmm. and then start singing, like, it made me question whether or not, like, this was actually a real character or real person. Right. Or if it was something like magical realism, because then, like, when he walks away, like, I thought it was funny he handed his mask to the guy and just, like, took his drink mm-hmm. and just started walking yeah. away. After not helping at After all. After not yeah. helping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With the fire that's just, like, decimating this forest. Yeah, he's in, like, I, I'm sure everybody thought, but, yeah, when he walked into the frame, too, I was like, that is the most flammable thing you could be wearing. Yeah. Like, it's just all this stuff and dangling off. Yeah, I was like, right. he's going to fucking light on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that, that would have been, like, a really amazing, because that was definitely one of the scenes in the movie that felt like it was about to cross that threshold you know yeah. just like a little just like dip its toe in mm-hmm. and yeah. like and again that's where that stuff is at it because you know it's, it's a pretty thin line too it's pretty quick that all of a sudden you're just writing fantasy instead of like magical realism right like, right right the whole crux of magical realism is like it feels like just our world that we all know mm-hmm. but there's just like there's this little bit of something there you yeah. know something special that's there yeah and uh, it creeps up when it creeps up, but it's not something that like people are trying to like harness or like have as a power or like you know yeah. whatever. It's just like I just fucking talk to your dead father every <laughs> once in a while. You know, it just happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So that's you know that. And again, that's just me injecting what you know I would have liked. Yeah. You know, from the movie. It's, yeah, yeah, again, yeah. not any in any way saying that like this was a, a deficiency of his. No, no, not no, including no. this, but that was something that definitely was like on my mind a lot. All right. Um, so, well, that's, that's been one of your most pleasant off ramps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were no, uh, there were no wolves eating children. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but speaking of what, so I will, I will also say, um, I was saving this for last cause I know this is like where I lose people, um, <laughs> uh-huh. that, okay. One, <laughs> one of the things that also I think just keeps me at arm's length. And again, this is a totally personal thing is like, okay. I don't fucking like kids. Okay. And I don't want kids. Okay. So like, you know, when her baby was born, like stillborn, yeah. honestly, my reaction was like, you dodged a bullet. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you should be crying tears of joy, joy. right now. Like <laughs> you are fucking, you just got your life back lady. Yeah. Like this is great news. Yeah. Great news for you. <laughs> Um, you know, so there were little things like that where that's like obviously a real emotional you know, yeah. crux of the film. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sitting there going like, I mean, this couldn't have worked out Ooh, better. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas obviously you're supposed to feel, you know, upset over mm-hmm. the loss of this child. And I'm right. Like, yeah. Cleo, <laughs> get out there, girl. 
Learn some lessons. It's cool. Mm. We all got to do that. Yeah, know? right. Exactly. Now it's, now it's your time to shine. Um, so yeah, so that, you know, that's, again, that's just me yeah, and yeah. I get that, but like, that's one of those, you know, it's for a lot of people, that's a real big, like emotional kind of pull. It's, yeah. You know, the, the death of a child. And right, um, right. I have very much have like the opposite reaction to it. All right. So. All right. So yeah, just had to throw that out there too. Contextualize some of the things I've said for people it's who, fine. you know, again, yeah. I know we we both endorse seeing the film that is unequivocal. Oh, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Anybody yeah. who might have been put on the fence due to my comments. Yeah. Um, I wanted to contextualize it all at the end there and be like, oh yeah. well, this is a guy who laughs at dead children. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, there's a reason. Take it with I a mean, there's a reason behind it. <laughs> yeah, you know what right. I mean? It's not like you're like, woo, oh, fuck yeah, kids no, and exactly. like, yeah, good for you know what I mean, but. Everybody who is listening to this right now and anybody who has ever sat in a movie and watched a movie, everybody has initial reactions. Yeah. Like right in their head. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether they're like <laughs> funny or jokey and like, you know, I think we can like bookend it with you talking about, you know, seeing the Netflix logo. Mm. Up. It's just like, you know, obviously it's not the same thing as losing a child, yeah. but <laughs> there's an initial reaction to sitting in a movie theater and seeing the Netflix logo up. You just, you kind of feel like childish, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, but no, I think, I mean, I think you make like a good point for, for feeling that way or, or, or thinking that way. Because, yeah. I mean, just again, like with how personal this movie is, the exactly, fact that like right. something that is that personal, personal. didn't connect with me, and right, that right, being right. like a really like sort of, and I mean in terms of the movie itself, that's really like the most uh, you know kind of like consequential thing that yeah. happens in yeah, the yeah, film yeah. is like this pregnancy and it's you know and it's uh, unfortunate, um, as some people would say, <laughs> the way that it played out. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, you know, it's like again, I'm not. This is you know. I'm presenting that as just like ah, I'm being a dick and I hate kids, but it's like no, it's just I don't want children. Yeah, right. So like exactly. when I you know I sympathize more with a character who like thinks they're gonna have a kid and then is like, oh thank God that didn't happen. Yeah, you know? I'm right, like right, yeah right. man, I'm with you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um. So the, no, but you know it was interesting though because in that moment too at the end that you that you pointed out when she was like you know I didn't want her and she yeah. I was like I'll see you, Cleo. See yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. So all of that had a very different uh, context to me. Okay, <laughs> I think it all will right. for most people. So yeah, yeah, I think it's fair to you know only fair to point that out before yeah. anyone you know listens to anything else else that I have to say about the movie. Right. <laughs> so, um, well, I think that's a good way to end Solid it. Solid ending. No? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with it. Uh, well, the movie's on Netflix now. Yeah. Um. I think we both highly suggest seeing it in the theater if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, if you're in Chicago, like get like wait a few weeks and come to go to the music box for seventy moments. Yeah, like, that'll definitely be like the way to see it. The way to see it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah definitely. There's nothing wrong with watching it at home. No, but yeah. Um, but uh, if you do watch it at home, like this might be the movie to like you know put your phone and iPad and computer like in a box. Yeah, and really and try to soak it in. Right. If you love it or hate it by the end of it. Yeah, it's not it's not a movie that's going to work to secure your attention. No. You, know, you really, you know, you let it work its magic on you and yes. like it'll, you know, it'll do something. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz it yeah, like I said, it it still worked something on me even though I was, you know, not having like the time of my life watching it. Yeah. You didn't outright dismiss it. Not at all. Do you not know what I mean? Yeah, like, no. It was yeah. it it it, again, it, yeah, it doesn't do any. It doesn't work to secure your attention, but in a lot of ways, it also demands your attention. Um, Perfect. Just yeah, by virtue of its aesthetic. 
That's the way to end a podcast, Orion. (laughs) That's how you end it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Rub one out. Peace.